evening. Well, President Jacob Zuma has fired Finance Minister Praveen Gordon and replaced him with Home Affairs Minister Malusi Kigaba in a dramatic uh, night of cabinet reshuffles. Gordon's deputy, KBC Jonas, has also been axed and replaced uh, by uh, uh, MP Sfiso Butelezi. Zuma has fired a total of five ministers. And uh, we will be looking at this and also taking reaction uh, throughout. And we'll be speaking later on to Professor Somato Tafikeni. We'll have Lawson Naido and Mzwanele Manyi. But starting off uh, with um, the ANC Secretary General, Mr. Gwede Mantashe. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Mr. Mantashe. Morning, morning, Sakya. Mr. Mantashe, does the ANC support uh, this particular decision by the President? Um, on the question of the Minister of Finance, we had a long discussion on Monday, and uh, the changes affected on the original package. That is what we regard as uh, consultation. But with the list that came last night, uh, there was no discussion. It was a list that was developed, somewhere brought and given to us. We were basically informed. So um, that is uh, what it is. And uh, uh, if you can't influence a decision, that is not consultation. So uh, the question of whether the ANC supports it or not then becomes a much more difficult one at this point. Yes. Those are members of the ANC appointed to the cabinet. There's nothing against them individually. Uh, but uh, the process of putting them to cabinet and removing uh, some of the performing ministers and not touch some of the non-performing ministers is an issue that the ANC is raising. And uh, the the... the, the the space to influence that decision uh, was totally closed and the coordinate prerogative of the Constitution of the Republic for the president to appoint ministers was actually invoked. That's a very interesting statement that you make, Mr. Mantasha, because um, as we understand, there were at least two meetings of the top six. And, and, and the question arose... That's why I say, on the question of the Minister of Finance, which we had a very lengthy discussion on Monday about, they were consulted on some of the issues that were part of the package that have been changed. That is consultation. But the rest of the cabinet changes, no consultation was just informed. So, given what we've seen at Ahmed Kathrada's uh, funeral service and uh, what you are telling us now, what sort of impact is this likely to have on the African National Congress? Uh, let me tell you, I'm one of the people who are actually against using funeral to fight our battles. So I don't want you to link this to the funeral of Ahmed Katrata. There's nothing to do with it. Well, it uh, may be so, but the fact that a stand was taken at that funeral, at least it was perceived as such uh, by uh, the broader Sakina, public. Sakina, the reservoir and the funeral of Ahmed Katrata are two different things. So, okay, let's let's focus then on the impact on the African National Congress. What, what yes. sort of impact is this likely to have, uh, given what you have shared with us previously? One of the problems is that uh, when uh, things are done this way uh, in the environment we're in, uh, they can easily be seen as just a fractional reserve that is aimed at tilting the balance of forces. That's, that's how it will be seen. And it actually intensifies contestation and division in the ANC. That is the source of discomfort on our part. And uh, are you likely to act on this uh, as an organization? We have met uh, yesterday. We had a discussion. We were given the list. And uh, that's it. Uh, it's up to the organization as a body to deal with that. But all I'm saying is that we don't want officials to be dragged in and said officials of the ANC approve the cabinet reserve there's no such a thing. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Kwete Mantashe, the uh, Secretary General of the African National Congress. Very, very interesting sentiments there. Uh, we're going to move on now to uh, the economic freedom fighters. Um, unfortunately, um, we, we'll come back to him. But we'll come back to him and also Stumo Dlamini. We'll try and get word from the SACP. But uh, let's go to the guest that we have lined up for the forum now, uh, Professor Soma Tota Fikeni, who's a policy and political analyst. We also have uh, Lawson Naidu from the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution and Mr. Mzwanele Manyi, President of the Progressive Professionals Forum. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
morning, Sakina, and your listeners. Good just, morning, Sakina, and your listeners. Uh, Mr. Lawson, are you with us? Okay. That line, not great. So let's see if we can attend to that. Let me start uh, with you, Professor Sumatota um, Fikeni. Just listening to what um, uh, Gwete Mantashe, the ANC Secretary General, had to say there in that, uh, you know, um, Pravina side, this wasn't a consultation. And uh, the ANC not essentially... I asked him the question about whether the ANC supports, um, you know, this decision by the president and uh, not in a position to give a definitive answer to that. What does that tell us? Well, it is indicative of the divisions within the ANC, which are deepening, and we expected them to deepen as we move to the elective conference in December and the policy conference in June. On the issue of Treasury, that was always expected that there would be a move, and as such, it was a standoff that was not going to be sustained over time between the President and the Treasury on a range of issues. And in the very first place, it was very clear from the beginning that the President had always reminded the society that Pravin was never his preferred choice anyway. And looking at that reshuffle and uh, South Africans asking many questions about uh, efficiency, for example, a word that has been bandied about and uh, not necessarily agreeing with the choices, uh, given that some of the ministers that South Africans perceive to not be performing have been retained. So what do you make overall of this reshuffle, Professor Figeni? Well, I do think that the main focus here is Treasury and some of the big departments were either you could read them as saying they could dispense the resources in a patronage setting or they could be used for speeding up transformation but that remains uncoded in a sense because even if you speed up people will be watching very carefully to see if procurement start taking a patronage line rather than empowerment line, again, you get into another challenge. So to this extent, I would say the overall cabinet reshuffle, the president, one, was shrewd in making sure that he doesn't take steps such as purging the Communist Party. But at the same time, the obvious ministers like Anekom, who had called for him to step down, were taken out. Pravin Godam, where there was a standoff, were taken out and... People perceived to be relatively younger, like Malusi Gigaba coming from the Youth League in the previous years, uh, were affirmed, and women in the main seem to have been, uh, you know, uh, affirmed by being raised from being deputies. Some of them have been deputies for a very long time, and now they are being elevated to the positions of the ministries. Remember that the Women's League and the Youth League have been the most reliable, relentless supporters of the president. So he seemed to have consolidated that particular base. Lawson Naidu, let me get your reaction to the cabinet reshuffle. Oh, good morning, Sakina. Thank you. Um, well, I think that this is a, a signal of a desperate measure by a desperate president to uh, make, make such a, a, a sweeping announcement at close to midnight last night in the, the, the cover of Dark Knight, shows the, the real intent of the president, which is really not, it, you know, it, it's been uh, camouflaged as, a, as a, a reshuffle that affirms the youth and the women, as Samadola has just said. But the, the real issue is around Treasury. Uh, it is around the project of state capture that we think uh, is what this is all about, is having a compliant uh, finance minister who will do the bidding of uh, President Zuma and his cronies, such as the Guptas. So we believe that this is something that is, should be of concern to South Africans, not just in the immediate future and not just of the kind of impact that it will have on the currency and our economic um, stability in the short term, but the kind of impact it's going to have on us in the long term as well. So I think uh, South Africans are expressing their outrage at this. And I think, uh, as the uh, gen- uh, Secretary General of the ANC has said, I think uh, you know, he was very careful. I think he was distancing himself from, from the uh, reshuffle that, was, that has been uh, effected and to say that the ANC leadership does not necessarily agree with that. And I think it highlights 
some of the, uh, the, the differences within the, uh, the governing party. And certainly the president has used, uh, uh, tried to use some clever divide and rule tactics by retaining the senior uh, SACP members in his cabinet and almost daring them uh, to resign for the moment. So I think there are a number of signals that have been sent out as a result of this reshuffle. Uh, and also what is notable is that, uh, as, as was widely expected, uh, Nkosuzana Lamini Zuma has not been brought into cabinet. Interesting indeed. But uh, let's hear from Zwane Lemanyi. What's his take on all of this? Yeah, no, look, Sakina, I think it was a, a very difficult balancing act for the president. But uh, I just, I think uh, from us as Progressive Professions Forum, I think we, we just welcome the fact that uh, first and foremost on the key and critical position of the finance minister uh, that the president consulted widely. Uh, and I think a lot of input from uh, various parties have been taken into account. Uh, most people expected that the president would just appoint Brian Munife. And you've seen the SACP that was uh, 100% against him, uh, as it were. And, uh, and, and Prime Minister did not feature anywhere in this uh, reshuffle. I think that shows that uh, the president did not disregard uh, the consultation. He had taken the consultation seriously. So first and foremost, I think even what uh, having listened to the SG, uh, that at least on that part they were consulted uh, as it were. So I think that was a critical part uh, indeed. The rest of the, of the reshuffle, uh, I, well, I note what uh, the SG is saying, uh, but I really think that uh, given that uh, it's not new players, largely, uh, it's uh, mainly people that were in the mix, that were just shifted around and whatever, I think uh, it would be unfair uh, to, uh, to, 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 to have an issue with that. Uh, it's not like some brand new people that are not known and whatever have been brought in. We don't even know that how it's people that are known uh, and all that. And I think if I look at the actual appointments, I think the the strengths of the, the various people uh, have been uh, brought to bear uh, as it and, and they are training. Uh, as, as their training has been brought to bear in terms of making sure that there is uh, alignment. Uh, so I think this has been a very uh, thought-through process, uh, but indeed, uh, one of the one of the difficult things as a leader is to be able to satisfy everyone. But I really think that uh, uh, at a critical mass level, uh, we should be saying that uh, uh, given the various differences, uh, that uh, we should say the president took a, a line that has got compromises in between. Uh, but a line that brings the required freshness, as it were. Uh, I really think that it would be unfair to talk about reshuffle and have no freshness. What reshuffle is that? I think okay. now we've got a freshness that we required, and uh, we're looking for new new energy. Uh, and also the key the key areas that were contentious have now been given uh, a new impetus with younger and more energetic people. Uh, so, so I really think that... Uh, uh, if we have to judge President Zuma, let's charge him by delivery uh, so that we don't micromanage him too much. Okay. Uh, I think in, anybody that is overly micromanaged is going to be difficult for that person to account for his results because he's going to say, but it's all your people. We'll come uh, back. So this we'll is, come back to yeah, all of this, that. Yeah. Um, let me hear from uh, the EFF's national spokesperson, Mbuiseni Ndlozi, as we take reaction from various uh, segments of society. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Ndlozi, are you there? Yes, I am, Sakina. Good morning. So the EFF, uh, you preempted this by going to the Constitutional Court, but, but what's your overall reaction to what happened yesterday? No, 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 no. We didn't preempt this by going to the Constitutional Court. The Constitutional Court has to do with the impeachment of not the Cabinet reshuffle. But we must state it categorically that we reject this Cabinet reshuffle as a handing over of the Treasury by Jacob Zuma to the Gupta family. Because essentially, that's what Malus Likawa is. He's a Gupta stooge. We must further dispel the motion or the notion that this is an affirmation of the youth. There is no youth in South Africa, historically and now, that was above the age of 40. Malus Kigaba, Mbalula, they are both 45 years old. That's 10 years above the age of youth. It's not an affirmation of the youth. It must be seen for what it is. He is a Gupta stooge that has had and has been in the pockets 
of the Guptas for some time. There's no difference between Malusi Gaba and Van Royen, except the fact that Malusi Gaba is famous. So Malusi Gaba is a famous Des Van Royen. Otherwise, he's as underqualified as Des Van Royen was in terms of running the treasury, which makes him that he's going to depend for his everyday function on the Gupta guidance. And we'll see that for uh, for the next many, many, for the next many, many days. The final thing, Sakina, that we want to say is a challenge to the SACP. This cabinet reshuffle, by the way, is an affirmation of the SACP. They have gotten everything that they wanted. They are, their uh, central committee, committee members were not removed. In fact, they were added by Dan Martins. They've gotten all their wishes, including uh, the fact that Brian Mulefa was not appointed. So they must be challenged to see if their opposition to cabinet reshuffle was principled in relation to the capture of Treasury or not. And we argue, as we have in the past, that the SACP exists for the personal careers of those so-called communists and not for principled issues. And you will see they are going to dwindle into silence. South Africa is now fully in the hands of of, of the Gupta family. Well, thank you so much. That's uh, the reaction from the Economic Freedom Fighters, uh, their national spokesperson, Mbuyiseni Ndozi. Make exercising your human rights a part of your everyday life. We shall fight for those demands. SAFM, appreciating the value of our human rights. The exciting of the Premiership continues this weekend. On Saturday at Cola Post 8, Amakosi host Mamelo de Sundowns at FNV Stadium. And Marisburg United battle AFC Cape Town at Herikwana. On Sunday at 3 p.m., Bulugana City is up against Siwalele at Old Pitamukaba Stadium. Tickets available from 40 Rand. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. This Sunday on SFM Sports Special, we'll be having two politicians in studio talking sport. We open the show with the MEC for Education in Gauteng, Panyazala Sufi, talking about the plight of the once great Soweto Giants, Morocco Swallows. And then Dr. Matthews Pauza chats Special Olympics with us. And we'll be joined by former PSL ref from Ireland, Dr. Errol Sweeney, the hanging judge himself. So join us between 4 and 6 this Sunday for SAFM Sports Special. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And thanks for staying with us discussing uh, last night's cabinet reshuffle. And uh, with us this morning, Professor Soma Dota Fikeni, Lawson Naidu, and Mzwanele Manyi. Uh, Professor Fikeni, let me start with you uh, picking up on what uh, Mr. Mwisen Indlozi of the EFF had to say there. And um, some of our listeners also picking up on that and concurring, saying that essentially this has been a victory for the Guptas. Now, let's just put that into context. What do you make of these sort of assertions? to the extent that Treasury, which was seen as having a direct confrontation with the Guptas and sometimes uh, with persons uh, such as Dudumiani in the SAA seen as being close to the president. Yes, you could say they are relieved because you may see that the court challenges over the issue of the banking may now subside, but the judgment in any event will be announced because that's what under the bridge now. The second one is that it's not as easy when you analyze this picture. You do have an indication that a lot of pressure was put on the president not to go all the way, the way he would have wanted. That's why he's still sitting with some of his fiercest critics. Uh, in, 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 inside the cabinet, uh, including those uh, who had called for him uh, to stand down. Of course, the main one, Anekom, is out. And the third one, the society, parliament, judiciary, and the civil society are a lot more vigilant now. So it will be very difficult for any minister... Uh, including Treasury Minister, to go wholesale and do things that will immediately be exposed because the level of awareness around the influence of the Guptas is such that 
any minister who wants to po- commit a political suicide for the short-term gains can go all the way. But, of course, the pressure on them will be less than what it was because the previous Treasury, the, the, the relationships had reached the rock bottom and it had become confrontational in a sense. And in all of this, the question has to be, it seems about a fight amongst, you know, the factions, the political elite. What about the ordinary South Africans? Where do they fit into this whole scenario, Professor? Well, ordinary South Africans often suffer whenever the elephants fight, the grass suffer, as they've always suffered. Remember, ANC factionalism has meant that even most capable persons within the ANC itself sometimes get bypassed. This leading to Pulugwane after Pulugwane has been the trend, which means ANC itself, in terms of the cadres it is deploying, is now dealing with a very small, uh, you know, pool, even though you do have many other capable persons And then that also impacts on the state capacity to deliver. Remember that in some instances, when new minister comes in, he takes a few months to understand what is happening, sometimes has to change some of the senior uh, public servants who may be seen as associated with the previous one. During that time, you lose institutional memory, you lose capacity, And the very radical economic transformation that we're talking about is not easily realizable, never mind the fiscal constraints that you have to deal with. So in this case, not only in this cabinet reshuffle, but throughout, the issue of state capacity has been weakened, and more so when power becomes personalized and institutions become weaker. Well, we'll take calls after the news break. 891 so you can start dialing. But right now, let's get the latest headlines from Kiratala. Thank you, Sakina. In a recap of this morning's top stories, the ANC has expressed dissatisfaction with President Jacob Zuma's cabinet reshuffle. The RAND has plummeted by around 5% after President Jacob Zuma fired Finance Minister Praveen Gordon in a dramatic midnight cabinet reshuffle. The SA Communist Party will discuss the axing of Gordon and Jonas at a meeting of its Politburo later this morning. Former Eastern Province Rugby President Chiki Watson and four other people have been arrested by the Hawks in Port Elizabeth. And China is shutting down almost half of its official ivory carving factories and shops today in what could be a huge blow to elephant poaching in Africa. Well, the latest news will be at 9 o'clock. Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road ahead. Happy traffic in Joburg on the N1 South. You get a queue from Ravonia Road going down to the uh, William Nicoloff ramp this morning. Lights on William Nicol and Peter Place are out. There's a lot of congestion there. Motorists trying to uh, sneak around the back way into Santon. Uh, just jamming up that run through on Ballyclare as well. Uh, Pretoria this morning. Just keep in mind there's this Occupy Treasury uh, protest event that's, uh, well, people are being asked to gather around Church Square at 10 o'clock. So from now on, uh, there could well be a little bit of traffic routes like Pretoria, St. Francis Bard and Tabo Suhumi, uh, Paul Kruger, those main routes around Church Square might be getting a bit busy. Uh, crash involving a jackknife truck. Looks like a U-turn gone wrong. Uh, Kruendal interchange on the N4. So if you're going uh, in around Rustenburg, you might well be taken off and just rerouted via the ramps there. Uh, Durban, the N4. Some protesting at Sabaya this morning. Things look like it's calmed down. The M4 is moving better. A uh, bit of a queue going up into the Komashu Highway exit. Uh, Durban generally easing off quite nicely this morning. Uh, still plenty of traffic into Cape Town. The uh, run on Marine Drive from Milnerton from Racecourse Road really heavy into Pardon Island this morning. M3 at Constantia Main Road. Uh, the N2 out through Somerset West Disease, but it's going to be busy today. Of course, keep, keep in mind it's school holidays. And the N1, don't forget the roadworks around the Durban Road, both sides out through Belleville, but it's the outbound side that's really going to feel some heat today as we get into the early part of the afternoon. Uh, Cape Town knocking off half day Friday. Some others going away for holidays. Expect it could be a 20-minute wait to get through Belleville. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. You can also catch us on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 814 as well as online at safm.co.za. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. 
The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. And we are taking reaction uh, to yesterday's cabinet reshuffle. Uh, Finance Minister Praveen Gordon has been fired and replaced by Home Affairs Minister Malusi Kigaba. And as many would say, that is the main issue to keep our eyes on. And they have, uh, there are five other, five ministers in total who had been fired. Uh, Finance Minister Praveen Gordon, Deputy F- um, uh, Derek Hanakom was Minister of Tourism. Uh, also, uh, Tina Jumat Peterson, Minister of Energy, uh, Nwaka Ramathodi, uh, Public Service and Administration Minister, uh, some of those who got the boot as well. So uh, we'll come back to our guests in just a moment. It's just going to take a few calls so that you can respond to them. Lucanio is calling us from Mtata. Good morning. Well, Lucanio not there. In the meantime, while we sort that out, let's uh, hear from uh, Mr. Lawson Naidu. Um, given what the EFF had to say there, do you agree? Do you disagree? Are we overplaying this issue of um, the Gupta influence? Uh, because let me just read what uh, some of the listeners are saying. Pumzile Noveve says, to, uh, for the EFF uh, to use the Gupta issue doesn't hold any water at this point because he goes on to say, um, business people always capture states. Um, Sakina, I don't think it's being overplayed. I think this is very much an agenda that is being driven uh, by the interests of the Gupta family and, and, and others like them. Uh, I think if you look at the, uh, the reshuffle in, 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 in more detail, you know, apart from the, uh, the change of Treasury, we've also had the change of the Department of Energy, uh, with uh, 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 Dubai coming in, replacing Tina uh, Jumat-Petterson. And I think that the real issue here is about uh, Jacob Zuma's last desperate play, which is about the nuclear deal. That is a deal that is going to cripple this country economically, and that's really what uh, we believe that this, uh, this cabinet reshuffle is all about. It's about serving the narrow in- personal interests of, of Zuma and his crony, and not the public interest, which is what uh, uh, government ought to be doing. And I think it's for that reason that there is so much anger in the country uh, this morning as we wake up to the news of a coup d'etat that was staged uh, by the president last night. That's strong, but unpack for us uh, the uh, Gupta involvement in the nuclear deal, if it were to go ahead. Well, one of the issues is, is, the, is the issue around uh, their mining company, Shiva Uranium, which they bought at a knockdown price because of the valuation at the time that there being no demand for uranium. Of course, one of the issues that will arise is that if the nuclear deal does go ahead, uh, that there will suddenly be an increase in demand for, for uranium to uh, to uh, supply those uh, 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 nuclear power plants, and they will benefit hugely from the increase in value of that. Uh, and, and we know that uh, you know there have been uh, ongoing discussions with Rosatom in Russia around the, uh, uh, the procurement process, and there, there are a lot uh, there are a lot of issues here that have yet to be unpacked properly. We know that no uh, proper affordability study has uh, been done, or certainly none has been made publicly available. So this is a, a deal that is being conceived in the dark of night as his reshuffle was, and that uh, at the end of the day, the losers will be the people of South Africa. Mr. Mzwanele Manye, I want to talk about uh, a radical economic transformation with you. So what about this particular reshuffle would lead to any sort of radical economic transformation and why? Yeah, just, just before that, uh, Sakina, very quickly, just, I think first of all, the intro uh, that says ANC's distance itself is not quite accurate. I think it's important to separate that the SG, these are just off-the-cuff remarks of the SG, for a statement to be made that the ANC has distanced itself. But what do you, you mean off-the-cuff remarks from yeah. the SG? The SG let, let, surely yeah. no, speaks let, let on behalf of the party. Finish. Yes, I know. But if you look at the constitution of the ANC, the SG communicates the decisions of the ANC. So if the ANC has not said to consider this reshuffle, the ANC has not pronounced. The SG has made off-the-cuff remarks, but I think until the ANC has said it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's uh, it's rich to say the the ANC has said uh, we need to have the ANC sitting first and then we can have that decision. Uh, or that but right there, but you right are now, undermining the SG of the ANC. You saying we shouldn't listen no, no. to him? We should no, rather no, take no, no. your word no, no, for no, it. No 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 no. SG knows I respect him very much, but I think he is also an individual as well uh, at another level. But when we talk about the ANC, the organisation having 
uh, made a decision on such an important issue, it can be somebody that uh, slept and woke up and now say the ANC has pronounced. We need to have had an NEC meeting for that. But let's move on. Uh, on that Let's second, move on indeed, but that's very t- interesting all the same. The SG was very yeah. clear that there was no consultation on the other positions except for that of yeah, finance no, minister. No, no. I think, I think, I think we need to be, to be very consistent. President Zuma has been red-carded on a whole range of things, including the issues around the constitution. Now, if we are going to be consistent uh, as, a, as a country, we, re- we then need to say that uh, President Zuma despite the fact that Section 91 of the Constitution gives him power to make the kinds of changes he has made. Uh, but he, 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 he did an olive, around whether I want to call it an olive branch, but uh, what President Zuma has done, he has, despite him, him having uh, these powers, but he decided that it's best to talk to people on the very key positions, uh, as it were, as in the finance minister. So indeed, the NC was consulted uh, on, the, on, the, on the key parts. But in terms of the rest of the other changes, as it were, unless we're saying that uh, the president is a puppet, that must not uh, must just uh, uh, respond to which string is pulling whichever way. So, so are you I saying really the SG is, is lying? Un- You're saying he's lying by uh, saying that the ANC no, no. was not consulted? No, no, no. You're not listening to me. You have to just listen carefully. Listen, I've been doing just that. Listen with an intention to understand, not with an intention to respond. I am saying None of that, Mr. Mani. We don't have to degenerate. I'm asking you. You no, made no, us I'm an assertion, and the SG made an, uh, told us the view yeah, of the African National Congress, yeah. and I'm asking you, the two are not the same, and I'm asking no, you no, whether you are no, saying no. he's lying. No, no, you are, you are, no, no, you are not separating issues. I don't think we had the SG. The SG said in terms of the finance minister, there was a discussion. Yes. Consulted. In terms of the rest of the others, uh, then they were just informed. So exactly. it must separate the two. Now I'm saying, I'm saying to you that uh, unless we are saying uh, the president, uh, I think it, 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 I don't think it's a fair comment to say uh, on the rest uh, and so on. Is if the president uh, must be micromanaged uh, as it were? Uh, I think if we are saying that uh, the president must respect the constitution, I think all of us must assist the president in respecting the constitution. All of us must assist us in empowering the president to act in terms of the constitution. Which section, 91, which section 91 uh, 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 gives him that, uh, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that prerogative? And then just to move on as well, I think in South Africa, what has happened, unfortunately, is that whenever transformation agents come through and people don't want transformation agents, the shortcut to discredit those people is just to put the Gupta stamp. We've seen this happening even in SARS. Uh, when the uh, uh, TIF was happening between the former minister and the SARS commissioner, issues about the Guptas coming. Even with the BBC, when BBC is trying to push for transformation, then the Gupta level gets put in. So I really think that uh, uh, it's a very tired argument uh, that uh, whenever transformation is raised, then the Gupta stamp gets put in as a as, a, as an immediate, as an immediate annoyer, so that uh, no listening happens uh, after that. I really think it's unfortunate. So for me, I think what President Zuma has done with uh, the kinds of changes that he has made, he has given radical economic transform- transformation a chance. I think Malusi Kikaba is a serious advocate of uh, transformation, and I think some of the things even uh, we've been worried about from the black business and black professionals is to uh, in terms of uh, the, some of the policies in National Treasury that uh, uh, are not uh, empowering uh, in terms of black people in particular. We hope that uh, there's a chance now that uh, the new fresh air has been breathed into that and we uh, expect uh, uh, something, some, something different. Lastly, I think the prof, when he says uh, stuff about the institutional capacity, I'm not sure where that is coming from because Malusi Kigaba is the cabinet minister uh, for, for many years. And we've been told here, yeah, when, we, when we argue uh, that uh, these are national treasury policies, uh, people like the prof, for instance, would have been the, the ones that would say, would remind us that uh, we must uh, not forget that we're dealing with uh, uh, cabinet decisions, uh, government decisions. Now, when has this changed now? 
uh, because Malusi has been part of the cabinet. So, I think so, you so were not listening. Of, to oh, what hold I was on, saying. I'll give both of you a chance yeah. to respond. Okay, are you done, so, Mr. Mani? Uh, Mr. Mani? So, are you so, done? So, so the issue, so the issue of capacity issues has, does not arise because uh, Minister Kikaba is a minister that has been in the cabinet, and therefore it's actually a smooth transition because there's no agenda item in National Treasury that is going to uh, find the Minister Kikaba cold on. Okay. So, yeah, so the capacity issues don't arise. Okay. Lawson and then uh, Professor Fikeni? Um, Sakina, yes. Uh, a couple of issues to pick up on. Firstly, uh, confusing political and legal processes. The issue in terms of the Constitution is clear. So the President has the uh, power in terms of the Constitution to appoint members of cabinet. Yes. But in doing so, he's exercising a public power, and that power must be exercised uh, rationally and reasonably. And that's, that's an issue I think we can debate about whether this is a rational and, and reasonable measure that the president has taken. The issue of the ANC is one of, of courtesy of the president of a political party uh, taking his, his comrades into his confidence in terms of how he... Remember, the, the president is deployed by the African National Congress, and he ought to, to take them into his confidence. He has failed to do that. Clearly he has failed to do that. And I think Mr. Mantash is absolutely clear uh, in, in, that, in that regard by saying that they were merely informed and not consulted with the, uh, the rest of the cabinet reshuffle. And I think that that's an important fact which needs to be made clear. In terms of Mr. Gigaba and his, his capacity, let us not forget two things. Firstly, as a Home Affairs Minister, he introduced a new visa regime that had a significant impact on our tourism industry. And he was forced to backtrack despite his stubbornness. And therefore, I think he has demonstrated that he has no understanding of the exercise of public power and how it impacts on economic growth and development and the, and the, and the functioning of the South African economy. So I think uh, in terms of capacity, he has certainly not proven himself. It might also be that he's being rewarded for the insults that he, uh, he directed at uh, Uncle uh, Kathy, Comrade Ahmed Katada, when he insulted him as a so-called veteran of of our national liberation movement. And maybe this is um, Mr. Gigaba's payback for, for doing that on behalf of the president. So I think this, this is certainly about <clears throat> the factional politics within the ANC, and we cannot get away from that, even if it's dressed up as radical economic transformation, mm-hmm. which uh, is really just uh, a, a, a cloak for the further looting of the state and the further capture of key state institutions. Well, uh, Professor Figeni? In the first place, I would start by saying that uh, Mr. Maini was not listening when I was talking about the general state capacity. I wasn't speaking about Mr. Kigaba. In fact, in one of the stations, I did say that. Can I finish? In fact, in one of the stations before eight, I did say that uh, Kigaba, having been assigned to public enterprise, and another difficult assignment at Home Affairs, is a capable individual. The issue being raised has just been the one of the relationship with the Guptas, not the issue of capacity. When I talk of the state capacity, I simply mean that since ANC's deep divisions, it meant that some of the capable persons would be sitting at home And the issue of loyalty became more important in some instances than the issue of capacity. That's what I meant. And secondly, on the issue of the president and informing the ANC leadership, it's quite curious that leading to Pulugwane, the very argument that Tabombeki was not consulting and had governmentalized the ANC, it was used against him to say that now power is moving to Lutuli House, you'll have a lot more consultative person. Because we do not have a presidential system, we have a parliamentary party-based system. Hence the issue of consulting and getting some views from the ANC becomes important. It just doesn't become a section in a constitution. Well, we're going to hear from our listeners now. 891 What are your views on this cabinet reshuffle? Let's start with Kopela and Kimberly. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? Well, and you? 
I'm doing what I think you mean. I'm more concerned about the hypocrisy of the South African Communist Party. I was listening to Solima Paila on Mosweding FM this morning because the SACP told the whole nation that if the president touches the finance minister and his deputy, we will uh, witness an exodus of the ministers leaving the cabinet, resigning willingly. We are yet to see that because Solima Paila was saying that um, they are going to meet and discuss this matter among themselves and then go and engage the ANC. So the question comes, when is the SACP going to stand on their own the likes of Cronin and Zimande Davis and they must choose between the choice of executive power and holding the ANC and Zuma accountable. Now, coming to the finance minister himself, the minister is also a hypocrite. If media reports are true that his aim for that globetrotting in the UK and the US was uh, to push for a regime change and badmouth the president, the president did a good thing to fire him. And, and, and the question to the finance minister was how the former finance minister how do you ask the court to decide if you have powers as the finance minister to intervene into the guptas and the banks fiasco because he's got the interest and the shares in those very same banks that he's supposed to regulate now he's passing the buck and in conclusion i agree with the president very much it was long overdue this uh, reshuffling it was imminent as well and i i also wish that the ex should have fallen on the useless ministers like Motambi, Swani, Batabile Gamenin, Zimande, Mokonyani, Masobo, and Masuta. In fact, the president should have dismantled that whole cabinet, including himself. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, Kopela, let's hear from Frank Talk in Mangaung. Good morning. I, I just want to agree with Professor Benny. Look, uh, we said the ANC is the center. Lutuli House is the center. It deploys and recalls. And rightly so, uh, in, just before 2007, those were the cries and part of the reasons why uh, Tabombe was recalled. Unless now, Zwanele uh, uh, wants to tell us that was wrong too. So you can't close Section 91 on us because we don't vote a president into power. We vote the ANC into power. And the first consultation is in a cabinet to say who becomes an MP is done by the ANC, who becomes a cabinet member is done by the ANC. So you can't say just after that because the administration has carried on for two or three, four years, that must fall outside the ANC. It's very worrying that an SG of the ANC can say, as part of the top six, he is not consulted. Now, you don't wait for the NEC. If, 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 if the top six is not consulted, how do you think the NEC would be consulted? Now, the second thing is, rightly so, and then I don't want to cast aspersions. Um, Minister Pikaba is one of the most, you know, uh, uh, performing uh, cabinet members. And, and Yanga, yes, he's not the youth, but Yanga, and this is what we want. But it's the manner in which you know, uh, Pravin is removed, that unfortunately puts a cloud around uh, Mandusipi Gaba. Now, he's the best-performing uh, minister in that cabinet, and, and he's been doing a great job. Now, again, you can't say, you know, because of conspiracy and, and you know, other things say that link him to the Gupta, because there's just nothing uh, that links him to the Gupta. Uh, Pravin as well was not, was not, you know, innocent. We've been complaining about the review of the Preferential Procurement uh, Framework Act, we are hopeful that such things will be done. But the real concern is if the ANC is not consulted, then on whose mandate is the president acting as a deployee of the ANC himself? That is the crux of the matter, M. Zwanele. As an ANC member, you'd know that. Thank you so much. Uh, Frank Talk, Lukanyo and Mtata, good morning. Yes, good morning, Sakina, and thank you for taking my call. Sakina, this is uh, one of the worrying uh, topics that you're talking about. I am a blind person, very much illiterate in Utah, unemployed, a mass of 9 million that has been counted. Recently, you've been talking of a uh, social grants crisis. Can't uh, Mr. Mantase and the top seats of the ANC at least have a good heart towards the 17 million plus of the social grant beneficiaries whose matter has been on the, on the list since, since, and yet we have not even received our grants. At least for once, think that the 17 million plus people are living in dire poverty, like myself, I've got children to look after, and yet they only 
are to work in protecting one person, which is Mr. Jacob Suma. What is it that is this much that they are, they are protecting to the death or to the same person and opposed to the number of people suffering like me? Okay. Thank you so much, Lucanio. Carl Kluter, Deputy General Secretary of NUMSA. Good morning. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Welcome, Carl. Carl, please go ahead. Okay, not sure what's uh, happening there with the lines. Uh, but um, whilst we wait to sort that out, let me run through some of your messages here. This one says, please help me. Um, um, amen, Sakina. What does uh, Zuma owe the Gupta such that he doesn't care about the country, says Alex in Standerton. Um, this one says, I welcome the president's move. The honorable thing, the ministers uh, who felt the president is not fit to hold office, uh, the honorable thing for them to do is to resign. But they opted to politic and they were hypocrites to continue to serve in his cabinet. Uh, this one says it's from Masilo who says Sakina Mr. Zuma remains uh, to be not listening to the wishes of the people. Uh, he has grown to be bigger than the ANC and the country. He doesn't deserve the post he occupies. The hands-on ministers are removed just like he did to Tokyo Sekwale while the scandalous and incompetent Batabile and Mutambi remain uh, d- uh, to be rotated. Disappointing to see our economy dwindling allegedly mainly for him and his family and cronies to access business deals and maintain Gupta relations. Shame on us. And then Ian says, I think the ANC should fire the whole cabinet and Zuma as well. As far as I'm concerned, uh, stuff the country up even more um, after what happened last night. Let's see if Carl Kluter is back. Carl? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Please go ahead. Um, three quick points. I think that what South Africans have got to accept today is that we have a runaway president, and in a sense, this reshuffling constitutes uh, a soft coup, if one could uh, use that phrase. The second point is that the Guptas, for example, um, they are running out of banking solutions and hence. There's a court case today against Treasury dealing with uh, the fact that they want to establish a bank so that they can have their finances running through it. It would be quite interesting then to see what the new minister would do in that respect. And the last point, the so-called reshuffling is done on the basis, the president says, for efficiency and effective departments. I think South Africans are not blind. We know the mess that has been made in communication, yet the person gets shifted to another department. We know what has happened in social welfare. Perhaps the last point that would uh, deal with the question of what kind of the 94 to date is a, 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 an economic framework that is steeped in new liberalism presents a frontal attack on the poor. So the so-called radical transformation is nothing but to advance the cronyism of the worst kind. Well, thank you so much. Carl Kluter is the Deputy General Secretary of NUMSA. Professor Figeni? Do we have you back? This notion of radical economic change can only work if it is dealing with structural issues rather than procurement. And also it can work if the advocates of it are not the ones who will be the first in line to benefit from it. And thirdly, it can work if it doesn't work to empower the black elite over the masses, but rather change the deep structural relations Otherwise, if you have the proponents of such a radical economic change, either involved in factional or patronage politics, or where they stand to benefit themselves, as a political scientist, having done comparative analysis around the world, it never works that way. you've got... Oh, he's not there. Lawson, uh, we lost him there on the line. Lawson, I do? I'm back here, Sakina. 
Yes, please. Your parting shot for us. Well, I think, you know, what this, one of the things that this does, Sakina, is it undoes uh, a lot of the good work that has been done over the last 15 months uh, by business, labor, and government working together to try and uh, get our economy back on track by coming up with plans and, uh, uh, and programs to try and stabilize the economy to assure the international investor community as well as domestic investors that there is a plan in place that Treasury will manage the economy in a, in a prudent and, and responsible way. And I think a lot of that trust that has been built up over that time between, uh, uh, with, between government, business, and labor will be lost as a result of this. Because, yeah, you're going to have, uh, as was, was said earlier, uh, a, a loss of momentum in, the, in that process, a, lo- a loss of trust and faith that, uh, that people can, can see uh, where the country is heading. So I think it, it's really, it, it sends a dark signal that we're, we're, we're not sure where we're going, that the, uh, the, the Zuma agenda is one of, of, of narrow patronage and corruption amongst the, the cronies, because that is the real agenda here. We can talk all we like about radical uh, economic transformation, but without putting on the table clear programs as to how, those, how that uh, process is going to benefit ordinary South Africans. And we've not seen anything that suggests that there's a mechanism uh, for uh, growing the economy in a manner that is going to benefit uh, uh, South Africans across the board. That was an issue that I think the Minister of Finance put very, very much on the table in his budget speech this year when he talked about inclusive growth and sustaining levels of growth. And I think that that's the challenge that South Africa now faces, is are we going to be able to do that, or is our economy going to be allowed to slide in the way that other economies, such as the Brazilian one, have done in recent times, a spiral downwards seriously, and will take a generation, if not longer, to recover from that. I'll tell you what, Monday we'll continue this conversation. We'll pick up with business leaders uh, to get their view on all of these developments. And SAFM continues, Rowena Baird will continue this particular conversation. So don't go anywhere. If you didn't have an opportunity, you can get in there. And I'm hoping that Rowena will read some of the messages from the SMS line as well. So just to end it off, Lutanda Ndube says, Zuma won the battle, uh, this battle at the cost of the 2019 war. He's about himself and the Guptas. Mina Kwena says uh, history will be unkind to Ubaba. He has single-handedly destroyed the once titanic liberation movement uh, that is the ANC. So many more messages coming through. We're going to have to park it right here and do have yourself a fantastic weekend. And our guests as well, Lawson Naidum, Zwanele Manye and Professor Somato Dafikeni. And uh, hopefully we'll be back with you bright and early on Monday morning. It's nine o'clock. Kirat Lala with the news.